0: So Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, uh, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another,
1: I'm going to come around the room in a second, and uh, I'd like the young people and the children to tell me their favorite Bible character. Okay, so if you're interested in doing that, stick your hand up high. I won't pick on people who aren't interested. Oh, good. We've got some. That's good. Who's your favorite Bible character? Uh, Matthew. Matthew. Nice. Oh, that's an interesting one. I wasn't predicting that one. Thank you very much. How about over here? Jesus. Jesus. What a great answer. Perfect. Five stars there. Who else would uh, like to tell me their favourite Bible character? I've taken my lateral flow test this morning, so don't worry about me wandering around. Here we go, one of our youngest people over here. Robbie. God. God. Nice, yes. Very important character in the Bible. Any more hands up anywhere? Over here, thank you very much. Who's your favorite Bible character?
0: Isaiah. Is that sorry? Isaiah.
1: Isaiah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Your namesake. Very good. Yeah. Here we go over here. Job. Job, yes, interesting. Thank you very much. That's a really great character. Good stuff. I'm going to head back here. Um, Hannah's written those on the board for me there. Hannah, could you write my favorites up there, please? Can you put Joseph up there? I love Joseph. And um, Maybe Daniel's, well, I'm allowed too because I'm speaking from the front today. So. Now, uh, thank you very much, Hannah. You can go and sit. Uh, yeah, let's, let's have um, Ruth. Ruth's a good Bible character, isn't she? Let's have um, Deborah. What was my second one? Daniel, I think. Any more ladies in the Bible? Who's got a favorite female character? Rebecca, Rebecca yes, thank you very much. Good one. Now, my question is, um, you know, all of these are famous for different, different reasons. But if I asked you to think of a time when your favorite Bible character worshipped God, you might be able to think of a time when they maybe prayed Or they were singing in the temple. But for a lot of these, it's actually quite difficult to pin down a time when they worshipped God. And that is because their whole lives were lived in worship to God. Worship is a lifestyle. Now, um, this this brings us on to our subject for today, which is the third part of our mission statement. A life of worship. And I'm going to give us four tips for how to live a life of worship. But because it's a lifestyle and not just something that you do, it's not going to be four tips of things to do to live a life of worship. It's going to be four things to be. Four things to be. Be sure, be hopeful, be strong, and be united. So the first one of those is, be sure. Now, that's a bit like saying, have faith. Be sure, have faith, but it comes with added courage and commitment. Now, I know from years of experience that when you're going down a steep hill on a skateboard or a toy car, you have to be 100% committed to the journey because if you're not, then that's when accidents happen. And parents, I'm sorry about this illustration. If anyone, any of your kids tried at home, I apologize. Now, uh, let's say that riding the car down the hill is like having faith, okay? And we want to be 100% committed and courageous as we take that journey. Here are three ways that often our faith gets a bit shaky. The first is we think, well, I believe all of those things happened in the past, but honestly, I can't see what that's got to do with me today. That's when we're a bit wobbly, okay? We're not quite sure. And that can lead to an accident. The the second way is that we think, well, I know God has said this in the Bible, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not comfortable with that. That's when we put our feet down and pretty much get off the ride of faith altogether. But thirdly, maybe this is the worst, I don't know. Judge for yourselves. That's when we we've put our faith in God and we're we're on this journey down the hill. And then we think to ourselves, actually, I think life without faith is more exciting. Picture this. That's when you look over your shoulder back to where you came from. And if you can imagine going down a hill and looking over your shoulder, that doesn't end very well. So instead of doing any of those three things, remember this car this week and commit 100% to the faith that we have trusted in, the faith that we have believed. And this is worship because when we're doing that, we are surrendering ourselves to God and acknowledging that he knows best. That is worship. Now, I want to give you a little bit more detail from the Bible for those of you um, who want to get into the detail. So can we have that Bible verse up on the screen, please? Here are six things from the first four verses of our reading that we are to be sure about if we're Christians. Now, some of these will be old news to you, but maybe some of you will find these surprising. Some of you will find them confusing. It would be possible for me to preach a whole sermon on any one of these six. But for now, if you're fairly new to this, just notice how central Jesus Christ is to the whole thing. Since then you have been, one, raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Four, two, you died, and three, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, four, who is your life, appears, uh, then you will also appear with him in glory. I've got five there. There should be six. But There we go. Can you see how front and center... Jesus Christ is to all of this. And that's why in our mission statement, it says we put Jesus in the center of our lives. We do that because if we are Christians, he just is the center of our lives. He is the center of everything we are. And when we're sure of that, we are surrendering ourselves to God and trusting him. Be sure. Secondly, be hopeful. Our reading said, Uh, Since, Let's have the reading up on the screen, that verse there. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. This is about looking up and ahead. Now, George, could you join me on stage for a second, please? I'm not going to ask you to do anything too embarrassing. Here we go. I'm going to give you my phone, George. Now, if you could just sit on the seat here and pretend to be on your phone. Now, I'm going to say that all the things that George is doing on his phone represents everything that we do in our normal lives, which you can pretty much do on a phone, can't you? You can message your friends, you could message people about work, you could move money around, you could watch TV, you could listen to music, all kinds of different things. So George is here uh, looking at his phone, and that represents him living his normal life. Now, some of us quite literally need to look up from our phones sometimes, but I'm using this as a, a picture. Now, George is busy with his life. He's got plenty of things to be keeping his day occupied. But anyone looking from outside could say to him, George, I know you've got loads of stuff going on on that phone, but don't forget to look up and look around you at the world you're part of. And God is saying that to us as Christians. He's saying, you don't need to stop doing all of the things that you've got to do day by day. We still need to live. And God has created us to live our lives. But just occasionally... We need to stop and look up to God and look ahead to the home that we are part of if we are Christians and recognize how amazing that home is. Thanks very much, George. Now, our reading said, set your hearts on things above. Now, to know what is above, we need to look to the Bible. And when we get to verses like this one in Revelation, where it talks about, standing before a throne and maybe just bowing down really low and maybe chanting praise to God, I know the feeling that many of you may have, it's difficult to look forward to that. It's kind of difficult to get excited about standing in front of a throne for the rest of eternity. But what we forget is that when the Bible is painting a picture of our future life in heaven like this, This is a representation of what it will be like. This is a vision that John saw, and a vision is at least partly symbolic. Now, I've no doubt that we will stand before God's throne, and that will be an epic day, but this vision tells us a lot about God sitting on the throne, and it tells us a lot about us, and I just want to tell you two things about us that we see from this vision. It's two emotions that we will feel when we worship God In our home in heaven. The first of those is awe, and the second one is joy. Awe is being overwhelmed with God's greatness, overwhelmed by how small we are, and yet how much God loves us. We'll experience awe in our heavenly home. And the second thing we'll experience is joy which is that deep and lasting satisfaction and peace, knowing that God is in control and he loves us and he cares for us. So it's worshipful to be hopeful because when we hope, when we look forward to the things that are ahead, we know that our true joy, our true satisfaction, our true peace is to be found in God And that when we stand in his presence, we will be in awe. So, let's worship him this week by looking forward to that joy and awe we will experience in his presence. So we got be sure, be hopeful. Step three is be strong. Saying no can be an act of worship. Now, I need some help. Would a couple of strong young people like to come forward, please? And uh, I've got some things behind here that I'll need a bit of help with. Oh. Oh, good man. There we go. Could you hold that for me, please? No, it's really heavy. Okay, so there we go. Oh, look at this. There we go, Ava. Now, can you hold a... Oh, great. We've got three willing volunteers. That's good. I've got four of these, so I can hold one as well. Now, I want to tell you the story about Naaman the Syrian. Naaman was an Old Testament character. He was a military commander, and he had a skin disease. And he went to the prophet Elijah and said, I've got this illness, and I want to be healed. How many of you remember the story of Naaman the Syrian? Yeah, okay, good. And Elijah told him, oh, here we go, look. Now, this is really heavy, but maybe if you sat down, you can hold that one for me. How about that? There we go. Um... Elijah said, why don't you wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed? And at first, it's really heavy, isn't it? At first, Naaman was angry and thought, why should I, uh, why should I wash in the Jordan seven times? But anyway, eventually Naaman did that and he was healed. Now Naaman wanted to thank Elijah for healing him, so he brought a gift Part of that gift was some nice clothes, and we can imagine it was really, really nice clothes, because this guy was a wealthy man. But also, (laughs) oh, careful, are you okay? He bought some... That's all right, you can just leave it there, don't worry. Um, He bought some silver. Now, how heavy are these things, guys? Are they pretty heavy? Now, if you imagine these are pure silver, that's quite a lot of silver, isn't it? Now, funnily enough, it wasn't just this amount of silver that Naaman brought. It was also... This, and this, this is the silver that Naaman brought to to say thank you to Elijah for healing him, and this, can you hear how heavy this is on stage, and this, do any of you guys want to see if you can lift, well actually be careful, maybe you shouldn't, (laughs) oh look at that, that is strong. Be very careful, guys. I don't want you to hurt your backs or anything. Here we go. How heavy are these things? They are very heavy, aren't they? Right, should we put them in a pile on the stage here so we can all see them? Should I take that one? There we go. Thank you very much. This is 68 kilograms. This is how much silver Naaman brought to Elijah. Thanks very much, Ava. Oh, well done. Heavy, isn't it? I'm actually out of breath from moving them across the stage. Now... Elijah could have said, oh, this is my opportunity to be rich. But instead, he said to Naaman, no, I don't want your gift. He turned down 68 kilograms of silver. In today's money, that's about 45,000 pounds. uh, Back then, when silver was more highly valued than it is now, he could have lived the rest of his life on it easily. So, all of that money, Elijah said no. Thank you very much for your help, guys. Do you want to pop the weights on top there and go and take your seats while I get my breath back? Thank you very much. Now, Elijah saying no to that amount of money was worship. Do you know why? Because he was saying to God, God, I know that you are the one who healed Naaman, not me. And I know that knowing you is far more valuable to me than all the money in the world. It doesn't matter if I'm rich. Knowing God is so much greater. So saying no to sin is saying that God is worth more to us than the enjoyment we could get from our sin. And that is worship. I find that really encouraging because... Um, I find resisting sin is such a thankless task. It's just like, you know, oh, if I lose it again, I'm just going to fall and then I'll feel bad about myself. Or if I do this, then, you know, uh, I kind of want to do it. But, you know, if I do it, then I'll just feel bad about myself. Such a thankless task, resisting temptation. But when we think of it as an act of worship to God, saying, God, you are worth more to me than this thing, then suddenly it takes on a new significance for us. Let me uh, turn to our passage once again. Paul says, uh, put to death. That's strong, isn't it? Put to death some of these evil things that we do. And then he gives us two lists. One list is where we love the wrong things. And then the second list is where we hate. And I would say, having given this some thought this week, maybe you can correct me. I think almost all human evil... Could be put into these two lists of sins either someone is loving the wrong thing or they're hating and so it's worth us examining our hearts we know where we mess up the most do we mess up because we love the wrong things or do we mess up because there's hatred in our hearts it's a challenge put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature here's loving the wrong things sexual immorality impurity lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Next slide, please. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, hate, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So let's make saying no to these things part of our worship of God this week. Finally, step four. We've had be sure, be hopeful, be strong. Now we've got be united. Now, I think I would be pretty pleased with myself if I had invented Lego. But imagine I had one Lego block and I was looking at it thinking, this is awesome. I'm so, it's so cool that I invented this. And I'm just looking at this one Lego brick. If I do that, I've kind of missed the point of Lego, haven't I? Because it's much better to put a hundred blocks together, as, as we see in the next slide, and create something cool like that. Or maybe a thousand blocks or 10,000 blocks. You can use your imagination. Lego is better together because that's what it was made for. And if we've learned one thing over the last three years, is that we are better together because that's what we're made for. None of us can just survive on our own. So, It's actually part of our worship to God when we're together, when we laugh together, when we care for one another, when we forgive one another, when we sing together, when we support one another. I'm going to read our final bit from our text this morning. And this talks about one of the things we usually think of as worship, which is singing to God. But it talks a lot more about something we don't normally think of as worship, which is being together, supporting one another, and caring for one another. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, this is our memory text, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Next slide, please. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God. There we go, That's that only mention of something we normally think of as worship. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. But God has so much more to say about how we deal with each other. Because when we're together, just being together is doing what God designed us to do, and that is worshiping God. So let's make it part of our worship to be with other Christians. Let me finish. God is glorified when his people are sure, when they're hopeful when they're strong, and when they're united with Christ at the center of everything. So our last verse of the reading, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And now let me read the third part of our mission statement for this church. This is what we're all about, a life of worship. Here we go. God's presence is more than a belief or feeling. He transforms us. We put Jesus at the center of our lives and aim to serve his agenda in everything we do and say on Sundays we gather to hear God's voice through the Bible and respond in prayer and song to his forgiveness and promise of salvation for heaven in all our organized activities through the week we seek to learn and encourage one another in the Christian life as we look forward to meeting with our Lord in eternity our aim is that in our whole lives, we will obey Christ's teaching, enjoy his presence, and live for his reputation and glory. That is a life of worship. Now, let me pray, and we'll sing together. Father in heaven, please help us to live this life of worship, seeing you at work in every moment of
0: our lives, not just on Sundays. Amen.